Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Say It Loud Network presents Business of the Beat. Hi, I'm Kendra Bracken-Ferguson, and I am a founder, brand builder, entrepreneur, and believe in the mantra, Carpe Diem. I created this podcast, Business of the Beat, through my own experience as a beauty executive to talk about, tell stories, and highlight the business of beauty through conversation with beauty and wellness entrepreneurs, intrapreneurs, helping to diversify the industry. This week on Business of the Beat. We're all different and you can go ahead and quit this one thing, but when it's a passion, you're going to do it again. And that and that happened with me. I kept comparing myself. I, I didn't have enough of this. I didn't have that. I had a salon before I closed it because I was doing that. Before we get into it with today's guest, let's take a moment for today's beauty report inspired by Dry Bar. You could argue that Dry Bar is to the blowout what Starbucks is to coffee. Let's dig into one of the most paramount beauty business trends that Dry Bar bought to life around customer experience. I would say that the success of Dry Bar was at the forefront of an entirely new kind of customer experience model. Fast forward to COVID and beyond, and today's report says 62% of people between 18 and 34 years of age would rather spend their money on memorable experiences and entertainment. Think food, drinks, and yes, blowouts. Then they'd spend their money on one-off luxury items. To go further, customer experience has fast become a top priority for businesses, and 2021 will be no different. It wasn't too long ago when every business claimed that the key to winning customers was in the quality of the product or the service they delivered, but things have definitely changed. Now, an even more important success factor has appeared, and that resounds in the best customer experience. So, a few things to consider. Customers no longer base their loyalty on price or product. Instead, they stay loyal with companies due to the experience they receive. If you can't keep up with demands, your customers will leave if they don't feel the experience suits them. The second thing is cross-device shopping via a wide range of channels has made it difficult for companies to maintain consistency. It's super important as a brand that even if you tell your stories on many different platforms, that it still ladders up to a dynamic customer experience. So with that, Let's get into today's guest, Micah Brown. I can't wait to hear how Micah built the next generation of dry bar for women of color by leading with customer experience. Micah Brown, my longtime friend, my stylist. I'm so inspired by her. Micah, I can't wait to hear what you're doing, what you're building, and really how you're creating the next generation of dry bar for women of color by leading truly with customer experience. So welcome, Micah. Thank you. Hi, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) 
So Micah has dedicated over 15 years in the hair industry. She has built a celebrity clientele such as Halle Berry, Raven Simone, Latoya Luckett, Erica Campbell, Estelle Darling, and has made appearances on various daytime Emmy award-winning shows like The Real, where Micah conquered beautiful makeovers for the show's guests for nearly two years. And most recently, I've had the honor and the privilege to see Micah launch, build, and grow Press and Curl Bar in the heart of downtown LA. Woo, Micah! (laughs) So in our daily beauty report, um, I talked about customer experience and the importance of customer experience, how the customer is truly at the heart of every good brand. You could say that Press and Curl Bar is really the answer to dry bar, especially for women of color. So for me, that's what I always loved about this concept when I first heard about it and seeing everything that you're building. So tell me, tell the guests, tell us everything. Why did you launch it? How did you launch it? When did you launch it? Spill the tea. (laughs) Okay. um, Well, thanks for having me, Kendra. So excited. Um, I really, really had always wanted to open a salon, but I didn't want to be a regular salon And uh, regular meaning you're just coming in, you're getting your hair done and that's it. So I was just like, what can, what happened was I gave my business plan to someone and they said, well, I mean, I, you're an awesome stylist, but what makes you different from all of the other hair, hair salons? And immediately I was just like, what a challenge. I don't know, like what makes me different. And so then, um, I have been so inspired by Allie Webb. I think she's just amazing. And I was just also experiencing at the same time where clients were coming in because I started paying attention. Once once I was asked the question, what makes you different? I, I talked to God. I was like, God, I don't really know like what makes me different. And this is weird because I'm in my career. Now I have to figure out something else. So... I just took a couple of days to talk to God. And what happened was I would be doing hair and I would listen to the women, what they were, what they would tell me. And I'm always getting new clients. And one of the things they would say is it's so hard to find a a hair, a hair salon where I can come in and not be here for six hours. It's so hard to find a hair salon where when I walk in with hair down my back and super thick, I don't, uh, I'm not made felt bad to have this hair. Like, I just don't know. It's really hard to walk in and I'm intimidated by who's looking at me. So I was just listening to all of these things that my clients and new clients, old clients were expressing to me. And I said, I got it. I'm going to create a place where women can walk in and they feel the joy, like feel the joy of walking into a place where there are the same women that look like them, different shades, but their, their hair is the same. And I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to create something where I wanted women to come in and not feel bad about their hair. Like my hair is really long and thick and you're going to charge me an extra $75 because it's long and thick on top of what you're charging me. So I made my salon. I just started doing little things. I made it one price, no matter what your hair was, no matter the length. The fullness, one price, 75. That's all you're paying. You know, that one price is so important because that's what ends up happening. Like you go and it's like once they see your hair, the price changes. And that's, I mean, it's so beautiful what you're saying about like we should have joy around the experience of getting our hair done. So one Mm -hmm. price. Okay, keep going. Yes. So one price. And um, basically I was like, okay. And when they come in, 
I'm going to have to time this <laughs> and LOL at me. <laughs> oh, girl. I was, yes. Yeah. I was just like, okay, I'll do this in uh, what I think I had 75 minutes. What did I have? 75 minutes, which is an hour minutes. and 15 minutes, right? You know, I'm, yeah. I'm a hairstylist. It's not I know. Okay, I was great. like, wait, 90 minutes? Yes, 75 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make sure we're on the right manner. Yes, yes. <laughs> so I was like, okay, an hour and 15, I can do this. So I started doing clients. But remember, if you're doing clients that have long, thick hair and compared to someone who has um, back length hair that's finer, easier to blow dry and flat iron, the time difference is going to be different. So I was like, okay, and you know, and an, inv- an investor is going to look at how much money are you making an hour? So, and, and of course, dry bar was out by then. So they're like, well, they're making $55 and they're getting people out in 45 minutes. And I'm like, oh my God, how am I going to do this? So I went ahead and I just really understood that it was going to take me longer than hour and 15 minutes. So yeah. I came up with a conditioner concoction um, that would break the hair down really nice. That allowed me to flow quicker. So yeah, that's my secret. It's out because it's my conditioner. So no one knows. <laughs> but <laughs> I concoct conditioners that make the hair break down quicker and what happens is you're able to detangle it. Your below dries quicker. So I can get someone out in an hour and a half to hour and 45 minutes. So I just section, I put everyone at two hours. So, you know, you're safe, but I just wanted something that was going to let allow women to come in, not be in there all day, have joy and experience like a living room setting of their friends and talking and having just the women there. I mean, I think it's so genius. The hard part for me, and I know a lot of women, is like the amount of time that you feel like you have to commit at a salon and yes. the number of people there and there's so much going on. And like, I can say that it is that living room feeling that you have. It's so special and it makes you want to go and you feel like you're with your girlfriend. And I think that's the whole thing. Like when you're building a business you know, what does it take to actually stand out, to do something unique and to make people feel that joy? I mean, I love how you talk about joy. You talk about spirituality and like, those are the things that make people gravitate towards you. And I think the other thing that's interesting, you know, one of the reasons we created this podcast and what I'm really passionate about is the business side of beauty, because without the business connecting with the talent, you it's hard to scale. Like it's hard to create anything if you don't have the business. So you talk about the investor. And when you look at things like a dry bar, which Allie inspired you, it's hard to do something in 45 minutes with a different hair type. Do you really have to pivot and say two hours is okay. If I stick with my price, if I stick with my time, like what, how do you build the business doing what you love, doing the hair, but then still being mindful of the investor? Like, how did you even get to a place where you felt comfortable that you were going to be able to build a business? Um. Okay. So I am, I have to say this. I, I used to not like when people said it, but I am, I'm really weird. And I have a different type of just jump <laughs> in and do it. So yes. Kendra, I know you remember the day. <laughs> the, the day I found out, um, the next, very next morning, Kendra came in and 
I I am not a I'm not a person who believes in coincidence. I believe that uh, God allows everything to happen. So what ended up happening was Kendra walks in and I go, Kendra, I've been looking at this salon for two years and I just had a meeting with the people. They're they're from uh, uh, Paris and they told me that I can take the salon. They just said, I ha- I need this much money. I was like, Kendra, like, can you help me? <laughs> she was the first person to come in. And, and the thing is, uh, I have to say this sidebar. I would go uh, with to do Kendra's hair, if it's okay to share this part. And I would be so inspired by how she woke up. She was getting breakfast together. She was working on her company and working on the business she's in. And, you know, getting T-Girl together. But she was always working on her business. And I would hear her have these meetings. And I was like, oh. I want to be like that. I want to have, I want to be a businesswoman. I always wanted to be a businesswoman. And I would hear Kendra talking. I'm like, Oh my God, that's so cool. So I was really, I was really thanking God that she was the first person that walked in after I found out I was going to be able to take over the salon. So Kendra walks in. I'm just like, I'm going to get the salon. And I just jumped in it. Like you're I didn't talking have... about me for everyone. When yes. she's saying Kendra, she's talking about me. <laughs> I'm talking about Kendra. And I was just like, look, I have a little bit of money because I, I like have put money to the side for, for something else. I was like, I have a little bit of money here and I'm just going to be very transparent because a lot of people feel like you can, you have to have a lot of money to start. You have to be responsible and you do need to have a savings. Um, I do struggle a little bit because I didn't have a huge savings, but I'm also a worker. I believe in my vision and my dream. So I, really push towards what it is I want. And I have a great um, people around me that encourage me. So either way, I um, they said I can get the salon. And I was like, you know what? I'm not fully ready, but there's no way I'm going, I'm going to deny a salon that there are three special things. It's on 8th Street, which is my favorite number. I am an eight girl all day. Um, <laughs> it's on Broadway, which I've been saying I wanted a business on Broadway since I was like 13, 14 years old. Um, cause I watched too many New York movies and everything great was on Broadway. Broadway. Um, <laughs> and the other thing was I had been walking past this salon for two years. I, I walked past it actually for about eight years because it wasn't a salon at first. It was a pizza place and it was yes. something new. And then they turned it into huh? a salon and I would walk past and I was like, there's no one in there. Like, what the heck? I, I got to get this place. And I just stepped out on faith. I asked the people, you know, hairstylists don't be going to share the information, but they were standing outside. I asked the guy, I was like, who owns this place? I want this place. And he was like, actually, and this is why I don't believe in coincidence, coincidence. He said, actually, they're looking for someone to take over. Here's the number. How about that? Wow. So I was wow. just like, okay. And I just jumped in it and I'm still jumping in it every day. Every time I walk in the salon, I'm like, what are we doing next? You know? So, yeah, just- but you know what? It is so like, I love it because it's passion, it's vision, it's like being ready. I think the biggest thing for me is that, you know, if you're praying to God and you mentioned, you know, the the role of God in terms of guiding your steps, like if you're praying for these things, you still have to be prepared on the other side. Like prayers come, (laughs) but they're only answered whenever you're ready to activate them. And that's yes. what I say to people. Like, you can't just pray. You got to do the work on the back end so that when your prayer is answered, you're ready. And that's what yes. I love. It's like, you were like eight Broadway. I'm walking past this. And then it's, you have to take action. Like, 
we have to turn fear to faith, which is what I say, because yeah. we're all without that. fear. That means you're not doing what you're supposed to do. Let's just be real. If you're not scared about something that you're diving into, then like that's also not OK. Like you got to have a little something. Things got to make you a little prickly so that exactly. you can step into it. And like for you to even say, OK, wait, who do I call? Who do you work for? Like that's mm-hmm. the action. I mean, that's what entrepreneurism. Um, entre- I'm like, how do you even? I'm like, I'm an entrepreneur. How do you say that word? But that's what makes <laughs> it so exciting. And I think that's what makes entrepreneurs so different is that you do have to do those things that might make you uncomfortable without knowing, you know, what's going to happen. And I think one thing I want to kind of touch upon is it's exactly what you were saying in terms of you have to be responsible. You have to have our savings, but at a certain point you have to move. Right. And like yeah. when, when we started my first company, digital brand architects, we didn't have like a big savings, but we had a vision and we had like, you had customers. It's not as though you were like, I've never done this before. You have 15 years experience. And that's really what happened to us. And it was more about, I'm going to step out. I maybe don't have $50,000, but I'm passionate. I have a base and I know that I can trust and make something happen. So how have you, especially given, um, we'll talk about COVID in a minute because I know you have a lot to say, but (laughs) as you were launching, how Mm -hmm. did you figure out financing? Because you're financing based Mm -hmm. upon heads and chairs but then also building a salon and everything that comes with it. Like, how did you approach that? Okay. So because I knew that I could make so much money on my own, which this is going to be great uh, for the after of COVID, this conversation, what I'm talking about right now is going to be great for when you ask me about COVID. I felt like I can do this on my own and only have one other person and I was going to kill this and make $100,000 in the first couple of months and that I was going to be able to pay for everything myself. So start with what you have. And that's what I did. So I was working, working, but I found that it was just, you needed more because if you want a brand like I'm, I wanted a brand like Ali Webb and like Ali Webb, Ali Webb, I think start off with $250,000 for her company. I didn't yeah. want just a salon. I wanted marketing. I wanted a team. I wanted to have a receptionist. I wanted to have product. There were things that I wanted that were basically, you, you can't just start off with nothing. You right. really have to create a plan and you know, one of the scriptures that I stick to, and I don't know what my problem was, I guess I was just so excited, <laughs> is, man, Habeka, in Habeka, it speaks about writing the vision and making it plain. There's also, which I should know the scripture, there's another scripture that talks about, hey, if you're going to go ahead and start up, if you want to start something, you write it out. And when you write it out, you make sure that you plan how much money you need for each thing. And I didn't do that. And that's where I messed up. But I was a hard worker, so I made a lot of money. Um, and with making a lot of money, I just, I've been working it all on my own. But well, and that's what it is. It's mm-hmm. hard. Yeah. Yeah. If you're going to do that way, I just suggest that you really make a plan 
and start off with at least $15,000 because you don't want to worry about paying rent and you're trying to do hair. So I'm about to go into the COVID conversation. So I actually, because remember, we opened November 1st. COVID happened in March. So they were, that was very close in effect. So for November, December, January, February, I worked myself like I was crazy, which I think you should do to a certain extent, but I worked like crazy. (laughs) And there's a balance in that. Like you, you know, as an owner, you know that. And I say to my team, like, I can't expect you to show up in the way that I have to show up to sustain the business because that's what I chose as the owner. I have to expect my team to show up, give it a hundred percent, do their best. But Mm -hmm. I already know that I function at a higher capacity, which is why we have entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, and kind of everybody that makes the ecosystem of the economy work. But to your point, there has to be a balance so that you can show up and give back to yourself and to your family and to the other things that like that fuel you. And, And even when you talk about November to February, and then we all know March 13th. Um, mm-hmm. everything starts closing, which will forever be in our minds. And we talked mm-hmm. about that. And, you know, for so many salon owners, it was so much uncertainty. Um, the rules, of course, across the world were different, but mm-hmm. even you had salon owners getting fined and you're like, yeah. in the midst of COVID, I'm now getting fined. I'm trying to support myself. And mm-hmm. I think it's, you know, it's what you said. You have to, you have to still be working in order to make the money. And I think yeah. the other thing that happened, which I know, you know, was this small business loan. And for salon owners, it's hard to qualify for that. Yeah. Because Very. of independent contractor laws and employees. So like you made it. Clearly we're here in October, but it was hard. Like t- what happened? What happened with COVID? How did you pivot? What did oh, you learn? Yeah, really. Okay, so COVID, you know why? Because COVID was actually good. COVID was great for me. It wasn't bad. When COVID happened, I thought we were going to be shut down for three days. So I was just like, okay, that this is fine. Like, I, I can take the time off. At that point, I was very tired anyway. So I was like, I can take three days off. Then it turned into a little bit longer. And what happened was as it was going longer, um, I didn't really understand that they were going to shut us down for so long. So I wasn't really appreciating my time at first. So at first I was like, let me just take this break because I'm really tired. And I was like, I got to pay the salon rent. How is this going to happen? That's when that all that after three days, you're like, wait a minute, I have to pay rent in, in seven <laughs> yeah, days. You're like, wait, you know, yep. you can make part of the rent here. So it's different for everyone. For me, it was a blessing because um, I got to rest. Um, I tried to work on the salon. Once I understood that we were going to be out of the salon, I was just like, okay, we're, we're at home. I didn't know this long, but that's fine. So I worked on a salon, like from home. So I, I, I wrote up plans and different things that I wanted to do, how I wanted to go back. But my plans were changing the longer we were gone. Because at that point, you cannot only work with your hands anymore. I, you, you're, I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to go back and work. You cannot make up two months with your hands. It will take a long time. It, so it, so we, we were in the hole. And we were in the hole a lot of money, like a couple of, I think it was, it started $25,000. So I was just like, who's, where's $25,000 coming from? I, right. I just opened a right. business, you know? Yeah. Um, 
So I had said a prayer before we started um, COVID. And this is why, before COVID started, and this is the why, this is why you have to be intentional in your words. My prayer was very simple. I said, God, I need a break from work and from church. I need a break mm. because yeah. they're running me. Both, both are running me and wow. I'm literally hopping from one thing to the other. And also in those things, there are people and the people are controlling me and I'm losing myself in them. So wow. uh, this break for me was really great. And yes, we were 25,000 in debt, but then I got to the mind. I said, Hey, Micah, you know that it's not going to kill you to be in debt. What's going to happen is you're just going to have to put a plan together. So I started putting a plan together and the plan was at that point, I needed to hire another stylist. I needed to go into retail, which I knew that before. And I, I was just trying to work everything by myself, which is not smart. And I was just well, like, you're going to have to go yeah. into retail. Yeah. It's yeah. hard because you just like, you have to get, you have to build a team. So I ended up out of, once I noticed I was in debt and it was now two months in, I talked to the owners and I said, Hey, you know, I really want this salon, but I'm not going to be able to keep it. Uh, because, right. and this was not, I am not the only hairstylist who had this conversation. I'm not the only salon owner. Who business owner. Yeah. 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 So a lot of business owners were like, and then they were just like, look, we can't keep this. I was like, I can't keep this salon. I want to, but it, it costs so much just with me doing nothing in there. I have to give it up. And so previous to that conversation, God asked me again, always pay attention to when God is asking you what you want. Yeah. So what do you want? Always pay and attention. Yeah. Always pay attention to it. And I said, well, this is what I want, God. This is what I can. He asked me how much I wanted to pay in rent. That's what God asked me. So I told God that I want to pay this <laughs> because I know with this, I can make this, make, make the rent and still work on my business. So that's then a couple of weeks later, I call the owners, uh, the management. I let them know what's going on. They say, okay, uh, let us get back to you. And I go, okay. So they get back to me a couple of days later. Mind you, they're in Paris. So everything is different for them. And (laughs) they're in Paris and they're wealthy. So they're not in Paris like at the house. They're like camping. They're away from the city. They've, they have like a whole nother cab and everything. So I'm just like, this is really cool. These people don't even, they don't even know what's going on. I tell them about the <laughs> they're movie. off they're like, yeah, they're, up in, they're isolated. They're really isolated. <laughs> just them and their families. And he goes, so have you guys opened yet? I said, we're in the, the pandemic. Like is in, we're in the beginning of it. No, the salon is closed. He said, okay, I'll get back to you. So they come back and they say, what do you want to pay for rent? And I said, whoa. Oh, I just got chills. Dollars. I literally uh-huh. just got chills when you said that. <laughs> they said, what do wow. you want to pay for it? So I feel like God asked you with the same words that it's going to come to you. The same words came to me. What do you want to pay rent? I told him what I wanted to pay. He said, okay, I'm going to get back to you. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh. Oh my he gets back to me a couple of days later and he goes, okay, you can, you can stay at the salon. We're going to work with you. That's what you can pay for rent. And you can pay that for a couple of months until we understand what's going on. And he said, wow. but what we're going to do is now mind you, I'm still 25,000 in debt because you're still have to pay rent and all that stuff. He goes, we're going to take the cost of all the months you haven't been there. And at this point we hadn't been asked to go back to work. So he said, we're also going to just pay for it until you go back to work. Oh my Micah. I Wow. Yeah. Now wow. we both know you cannot call that a coincidence. 
right? Not at all. I mean, even okay. when you said that, like, God literally said, what do you want? And what being want? clear, like, that's, I, I totally agree. It's like, you have to hear, right? But it's not yes. just hearing, it's absorbing, it's taking action. And it's being very intentional about what you want, so that whenever the question is posed to you, you have already gone through that exercise, and you're ready to go. And like, yes. that is so powerful. And it, yes. it really does like, it speaks to the fact that I think it's, it's a few things that you said, and it makes me so happy, because you talked about Allie and Drybar and how she had $250,000. And yes. in my experience in the two companies I started, I didn't have that. I also didn't mm-hmm. have family that said, here's a few hundred thousand, whether we get exactly. it back or not or anywhere near that. And I think that, you know, one of the things that I really want to highlight in this podcast is about brown and black women and people of color and like, what we have to do to get a seat at the table, to open our own salons, to be represented, because yes. a lot of us don't have the built-in, here's 250. And so exactly. when you talk about, like, I walked by it, I stepped out on faith, I was, like, ready to go, that's something that I, I want us to shift, and I want us to be in a place where we're the first people getting the loans, or we're the first people that have a pipeline to build our dreams. And I just, I love it. You know, if you look at your story, you're walking down the street, you stop and you say, give me the information. You're Mm -hmm. literally in a state of, I can't keep my business. And you pick up the phone and you take action and you call and call and call until you can get to the end. And I think so many times when it gets hard, people give up and there's a difference between making it and giving up even when it gets hard. I mean, of course, sometimes you have to know when to call it. Mm-hmm. But I just admire, I admire you and your ability to Thank be you. resilient and keep going. Because it's you. hard. It's and hard. You talk about, it's it's hard. And what is your support system like? Only because I, I, um, before I say the support system, you said something I want to touch on and it's people give up. The only reason why people give up because I was going to give up not only because I didn't have the money, but also because I was comparing myself with other people. And I have mm-hmm. to understand that I'm, my story is different. I can admire someone, but to compare yourself and say, I should have that that is unfair to yourself and it's very selfish. It's a very selfish way to think because you're, you're comparing yourself with someone and you don't even know their journey and how they got there. You wouldn't want to be like Allie Webb and be a house mom. She was a house mom when, before she started her company, she went from house to house doing blowouts until she basically was like, I want to do this. Her husband gave his job up. They depleted their savings. A lot of people are not willing to do what these people did to get to where they are. So if people give up, it's because you're comparing yourself. Like, I should have that. I shouldn't have just this. I have been very bad at that, and I've been working on it daily. It's not something I work on sometimes. I have to work on it daily because I refuse to keep comparing myself, but you're not doing the work. My story is different, and I have work to do, and anything that you want in this life is always going to be a challenge to get to it. That's how you don't give up. You need to think like that. Oh, man. amen and amen. I'm you like, yes, snap, snap. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Comparing yourself is 
so bad. And I think that it's even been exacerbated with social media. There was a documentary that um, my husband was watching. Yes, on Netflix. It was was Mm -hmm. traumatizing. I was like, oh, my gosh. And I think that that's what it's exactly what you said. Comparing yourself to somebody else, we cannot do it. And it's like it happens in families. It happens in works. It it happens in friendships. And like, I like how you say, you know, it's something you have to work on every day. Like we all have to figure out what is it that could cause me to fail when everything else around me is pushing me into success. And sometimes Mm -hmm. it's the own, you know, people in our head and feelings that we have that can ultimately not let us get to the end of where we're going. And I love that you talk about it because our story is different. And I think it's the lengths of which people are willing to go or overcome or pivot. Right. And the the self-awareness that you have, like, I mean, oh my goodness. And when you think about it, like comparing, Mm -hmm. I mean, and and I think about it in my industry with other business people, but even for you and you Mm -hmm. said it in the beginning, what makes you different? So as a stylist, especially being in L.A. and your type of yeah. clientele, there are a lot of stylists. And you could compare yes. and say, well, this person was on this show and this person was on that show. But your mm-hmm. story is different. Everything is different and what you bring to the table. And recognizing yes. that is so powerful. Yes. Yes. You're very right. It's We're all different. And yeah, you can go ahead and quit this one thing. But when it's a passion you're going to do it again. And that, and that happened with me. I kept comparing myself. I, I didn't have enough of this. I didn't have that. And I closed my salon. Uh, I had a salon before I closed it because I was doing that. And I was like, so I closed it and tried to go work for someone else. That's the funny part. And I couldn't even work for them because the passion was literally burning. I said, I'm so sorry. I'm trying to work here and I can't. <laughs> They're like, what? I can't work here. Yes. And that's when I left and started working on my own skill and craft and how I was going to raise my salon. So, yeah, comparisitis is very bad. <laughs> oh, my gosh. My new word. Comparisitis. comparisitis. Don't do nice. it. <laughs> comparisitis. And you touched on something else that I think um, I'm working on. I'm working on a narrative around entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs. And like you said, going to work for someone else. And I struggle with that when you talk about like, you know, we could, we'll do another Mm -hmm. podcast about imposters. Yeah. (laughs) And comparisitis, my new favorite word, but it was really hard because I've had my business, you know, for so long I've had two and I'm always, you know, Oh, let me start this. Let me start that. And the times when I've gotten myself into trouble is when I try and, you know, push that down, go work for Mm -hmm. someone else in someone else's vision when it's like, I have to be able to have my vision. That's where I show up. That's where I'm the best. And like, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. I think it was also saying that that was okay. Cause that was something that I had to work through too, that it was okay to want to be your boss and like start your company and go to the list. It's okay. Yeah, it's definitely okay. I think what it is is that we think it's going to be easier when we work for someone else. But the only thing you're doing is you're take your, your, basically being selfish with your own future. You're saying I'd rather someone else be accountable for the things instead of me being accountable because it's too hard. That's the only reason why. Why would you go work for someone else when you have to do the same hard work 
The only thing is there's some things that are going to fall on you and you're more accountable when you have your own business. So that's why you go work for someone else because that's what I was doing. You go work for someone else because then all the responsibility falls on them. You can do your work, go home. So I was just like, I'm just going to have to take that sacrifice of the extra accountability and having to do the extra work. Like when it comes to folding towels, something so simple at the salon right now, because I live 20 minutes away, but thank the Lord God Almighty, I am moving across. I'm moving December 1st across the street from the salon. I'm so excited because right now when something is going up the salon, like there are no towels, I have to go to the salon. I have to wash them, fold them and make sure that there are towels there for my stylist to use for the salon, for the clients. You, those things you yeah. won't have to do if you're not the owner. If you're just the worker, you just say, hey, the owner's going to make sure that's done, you know? So small things, yeah. little things like that is just like, it's worth it. Like things like that, getting the taxes done, all that. It's worth it at the end. I can't wait to see the salon flourish. I'm, I know I didn't get to start off like everyone else with the, well, with other people that I admire with the 250,000. I didn't get to start off like that. But the thing that I'm creating, like this vision that's coming to life is so beautiful. And I'd rather appreciate one salon than trying to figure out how to, pre- how to manage a hundred across the world that I never really got to sit and appreciate one to know how to manage the a hundred. Wow. And you know, what's so crazy about that is that that is, that's the difference and yeah. creating that vision and having it. And you know what? It takes time. Nothing happens overnight. And it's mm-hmm. like you, you've been through here, you've been through there, you've like tested, you've pivoted. And now it's coming to this place of like getting rid of comparisitis and saying yes. like, I'm here. And, and that's, I think that's kind of my last thing for you is, you know, what is the future for you for Press and Curl Salon? Like, what, what oh. are you imagining? Like, and I know it's a big question. But like, what can we can, what can we expect? Okay. So, um, in January, I'm going to re- be relaunching the salon brand so that like just getting, um, basically I want the salon to have a different, uh, thinking brand. So when the clients think about press and curl bar salon, I want them to say, Oh my gosh, that place is so cozy and so comfy. I'm so inspired when I go there. So what I'm doing right now is I'm putting retail in the front because my other inspiration is to be like a Sephora for black hair and black skin. Um, so black beauty basically. So I'm making the front of the salon where it's going to have amazing products, specialty products that you can't just walk into the store and get. You have to like order them. So now you can come here and get them. So working on that and also working on making the salon to where it's super comfortable um, as far as like the clients coming in, being able to get, I want them to have their own um, uh, conditioners. So I'm creating a conditioner bar to where they wow. can go and say, Hey, you know what, Micah, my hair is drying out. Cause you know, remember we're still in quarantine. Um, and this is going to take us about, I think we're going to be out of this maybe in another year. Or so, so I'm just like, people are still at home conditioning their hair. So it's like, let me get not just any conditioner. Let me concoct conditioners and they can basically walk in and say, Hey, I need something for moisture. So it's, I'm creating a, like a Sephora for black hair and skin. And, um, I am also working on a conditioning treatment bar. And we are implementing all of that into our cute little salon. And, Yay. you know, my goal is to to be able to start 
basically build a franchise model inside of my salon now. And then, you know, I'll come to Kendra and ask her what I'm supposed to do next. <laughs> <laughs> I, I literally, I'm like just smiling so big because I, I think, you know, you got to have the vision. You got to dream yeah. big. My favorite mantra is carpe diem. I'm like, seize the day. And I think it takes yeah. us back to, you know, our beauty report for today, which is all around customer experience. And if yeah. you can think through that lens and put your customer at the center of what it is that will really mm-hmm. support their needs, a conditioning yeah. bar that's customized for you, it doesn't get more customer centric than that. Um, so I, I'm so excited. I'm going to be on the journey. I'm there for the franchise. And my last Yay. question that I close out with all of my guests Leave us with one brand that you're excited about that our listeners should check out. Uh, what is a brand that I'm excited about? Okay, there it, it, any company, right? A company? Anything, yeah. It can be a company, okay. it can be a product. Um, there is this um with all of this happening, COVID and all of that, I felt like I got out of whack and um I started working with this company called Total Life Change. And, um, basically it has, um, it's a product, they have a product line of healthy supplements and, um, uh, like, uh, what is it called that I love? CMOS packets. Like they're just amazing. Yeah. So basically that is my favorite company right now because they're helping me change my mental and my health because that's very important to my career. So that's the fav- my favorite brand right now. So I'm actually working on bringing them into the salon as far as like when my clients come in, I have clients that come in that want to lose weight, that just need mental healthiness. So I'll give them like a nice sea moss packet. They have teas. I'll be giving, uh, it'll be hot oh tea and cold God. tea. So yeah, so Total yes. Life Change is about to become a part of my salon. I'm, I really appreciate this company for having just the products that, really help us to be better in our mental and in our physical body. So that's my favorite brand right now. Oh my gosh. I can't wait to to check it out. And I love that the mental and the health are so important so that you can yes. show up physically and do all of yes. the things. So Micah, oh my gosh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm inspired by you. I thank am you. just so honored. I'm inspired by um, you, Kendra. I, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. I can't wait to, to get to press and crowbar and see all the things that you're doing. And now each week we want to highlight an influencer that we just found about that we're inspired by, or that we just can't get enough of this week. It's Coco strands. LaRiche, please check her out on Instagram at Coco strands. I want to leave you with something that Micah said that really stuck with me, that I want you all to think about over the week and share your thoughts with us on social media. What makes you different? What makes you different? It's all I can think about after my great talk with Micah. And with that, follow, rate, subscribe The Beauty of the Beat on Apple, Spotify, or Stitcher. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here. Tell your friends and goodbye. Business of the Beat is hosted by Kendra Bracken Ferguson, assistant producer Jenny Salk, coordinating producer Lauren Turner, executive producer Kendra Bracken Ferguson, edited by Fishmar Creative, executive producers Ken Johnson, Andrew Kalb, and Omar Thompson. Find Business of the Beat podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Amazon, Radio.com, or where you get your podcast. Please follow, subscribe, and rate us. Business of the Beat is a Say It Loud Network production.
You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply.